Hello. Welcome to Cheese the Day, the official cheese cast of the North Coast Co-op. Brought to you by that smelly cheese in your fridge. My name is Veronica. I'm the cheese department head at our Arcata location. I'm here with my fellow cheese nerd. I'm Thomas. I'm the cheese department head at our Eureka location, which I'm sure you could have guessed. (laughs) What are we talking about? We are talking today uh, about some historic cheeses that I feel should be more famous, but I don't know. Maybe maybe they're famous to you. Maybe not. Maybe you've not heard of them. The first one, Oso Iriti, is a Basque region sheep milk cheese from the Pyrenees, France, Alps region. And it is... I've heard of it, but I, I actually had to become a cheese department head and be flipping through a wholesaler's catalog to hear about it for the first time. So I don't to see I, the name. I'm curious think, if you if you're out that? there in the wild and you've heard of it through more you know honest means than I did through a wholesaler's catalog. If you've heard of it naturally, please leave us a comment. Write in. Tell us about it. Is this cheese famous, or should it be more famous? I mean, we it it should I think be more it famous. should be. Yeah, it should be. And I I think lots of people don't know about it, and those that do really know, but. You should know about it, and we're going to tell you about it now. <laughs> uh, it is it is sometimes argued as the first intentionally made cheese. Whoa, really? I didn't know that. We already yeah. You're it's contravening that episode we already did about the origins of cheese and mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Croatia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So okay. So oh, well, there's I'm... there's the theories that cheese was first made kind of unintentionally, yeah. but this is argued as one of the first intentionally made cheeses and there there's some history that supposes that maybe the recipe is dating back to 3000 bc wow that's a long time that is a long time it must be good if it's been being made the same way pretty much for all that time Right? That's one of my favorite things about really old school cheeses like that is when you're eating it, you can be like, I'm eating basically history. imagine you're at any <laughs> point in history and be like, oh yeah, like this is the taste of ancient Rome or this is the taste of the Pyrenees in 3000 BC, like back when bronze was high tech. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I yeah. mean, 3000 BC, I... I dropped out of history to do a psychology degree. So someone will write in to correct me and be like, actually that's before bronze was high tech, but I don't know. Uh, It's, it's, it's about that. It's old. You can imagine the history. You you can imagine the history. Yeah. Yeah. So it is from the Basque region of France and it is named for the two picturesque regions in the Southwestern part in the Pyrenees. Picturesque regions. They are picturesque. People, People like to go there and hike in the mountains in the fall there because it is so beautiful. Wonderful. Yes. So huh, I'm I'm reading this and I'm hope I, I'm going to butcher this word probably, but Oso located in the valley of the Burn, in Irity, in the beach forest of the Pays Basque. Oh, so that does sound beautiful. A beach. So forest it's a valley and a beach forest next to each other. Lovely. And they graze the brebby sheep there. These cute, creamy brown sheep that they've been, that are the same sheep that historically they've 
gotten the milk to make um, Roquefort. Oh, okay. From and uh, Petit Basque, which hopefully many, many of our, our shoppers have now become more familiar with. Yeah. These are, these are good cheeses. And if you're not familiar with Basque, Petit Basque or Roquefort, come in and ask. They're both amazing sheep's milk cheeses. We have both of them in each of our locations. And you need to come in and, and ask about them because they're definitely worth putting in your mouth and pretending you're in olden times. Yeah. Especially to go on a picnic with a crusty baguette and some yeah. cheese and some fruit. and Find a beach forest and get out there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, I don't know. not a lot of beach trees around here, but no. you know, like no. just sub in Aspen and call it good. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So some people may be thinking, okay, well, what is this cheese like? It looks pretty funky on the outside when you look at it, and it is, uh, other than the funky outside, it's fairly nondescript looking. It has a creamy, off white, yellowish paste, which is the part of the cheese that you usually want to be eating. Yeah. I think you can, you can eat the rind on this as most cheeses, but you may not want to eat all of the rind. Maybe it's up to you. Okay. Let's, can we talk about real quick? Can I interrupt you again mm -hmm. to, to ask what's up with the funky rind? Like let's, let's describe that for folks a little. Why is the rind funky? What is it's, it? What's it look like? It is, is it like Telegio funky where it looks like a moldy brick or more. Uh, it looks more like a moon rock. A moon rock. <laughs> I love that description. <laughs> it's kind of like, <laughs> mottled gray brown kind of oily looking and yeah yeah it's got that like natural rind goodness where they were yeah, just yeah like, they just kept patting down the yeah. the molds and and funk whatever that was might growing be growing they the were outside. just like let's just rub that in and yeah yeah like dust it off mm -hmm. rub it in turn it yeah excellent yeah yeah and so, it's got lovely yeah, complex flavors it is, and it's a really approachable cheese. It's not one of those like, oh, it's a historic cheese or it's a really smelly cheese and you have to have a special palate to enjoy it. I think anybody could enjoy this cheese. I think so too. And I think that's, that's one of those things about looking, if you just saw the, the whole wheel from the outside, you'd be like, I don't want that. That looks like a moon rock. That doesn't yeah. look very edible. And it's kind of expensive. Yeah. But, but cutting is, into it, you see that paste and that, that color of that like golden warm paste in the cheese, the interior, yes, is very inviting. And I feel like the world over, humans look at that and they're like, "That's going to be fatty and delicious." Like, there's something. Maybe it's because we've been making it since 3000 BC, <laughs> but I feel like you can look at that and be like, "No, there's something like primal." They're like, "No, I want that. I want to eat that." It's just like beige colored, but. Yeah. It's a great beige that's just like, oh yeah, that's gonna be a you good can experience. See, you can see the handcraftedness of yeah. it. It is it's it looks historic. <laughs> it looks historic. <laughs> okay, sorry, I interruptions uh, aside. Please continue. Yes, yes. Tell me more about moon rocks. Uh moon yes, moon rocks. It's uh, the flavor. It is kind of nutty and a little bit sweet. Definitely best enjoyed at room temperature, as with pretty much all cheeses. Unless you're melting it and then you want it warmer. <laughs> it is, yeah, it's got, yeah, a nuttiness, a, a fruitiness, almost like dried figs. Just yeah. a hint. We're getting into the realm of like, I'm describing the wine and it's tasting notes. But, I mean, oso irritee tastes like oso irritee. 
but yeah, it is. It's got flavor complexity that is approachable and and the ones delicious. with complexity are re- extra hard to describe for right. me because I'm like I taste lots of things, but picking them out is really hard. It's just like this cheese takes you on a journey, and at the end of it, you're like, "Whew, man, yeah. that was an experience." Yeah, maybe your first nibble should be you haven't eaten anything else or drank anything else in the yeah. last 20 minutes and so you can take your first nibble oh, like, totally and think about the first palate. flavors and then and then the middle flavors and then the end notes and then like what lingers 10 minutes after what you're still tasting. It's kind of like in that movie about the chocolate factory. The the like everlasting, the, you know, like the, the candy the you chocolate eat. factory? Yeah, that's the one. Uh, <laughs> I didn't say it because I was like, are we allowed to say it? Is that like, are we, is whoever owns that intellectual property going to sue us? They're probably not listening. So let's just like, yeah, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. And the I think it was the everlasting gobstopper. Mm-hmm. No, it was, it was the one that was like a, a seven course meal. It's like yeah. you, you put a cheese in your mouth and these really complex ones like this, which I think tend to be the ones that are like natural rinds, have a lot of history behind them. The recipe is the same because it's it's working. Well, and the I more aged like, it is, how it's treated while it's yeah. being aged is that adds complexity. That's why, well, that's why. You're building up those layers of flavor. Aged cheeses are more expensive generally because they had to, they had more time spent on them being yeah. babysat and babied and coddled and taken care of. Turned every Turned week. Turned lovingly, patted and, and rubbed and dusted. and Someone who was an expert in things that grow on cheese in caves came in and looked at the things that were growing on it and determined whether or not they wanted to let it keep growing there. You're right. Which is a really specific skill. I want to know more about that skill. I want to know so much more about that. Yeah. Someday we should take this podcast on the road and go like... <laughs> To an affinage class. I would love that so much. That would be great. That would be so great. I would learn so much. Yeah. Yeah. Even more. Never Big ending. Dreams. Big dreams. There's so much <laughs> more to learn about cheese. <laughs> Always. Okay. Okay. We're getting off topic again, or it's yeah, kind yeah. of on topic. Big dreams. <laughs> anyway, we should take a break and you'll hear from our sponsor, North Coast Co-op. Cheese the Day is the official cheese cast of North Coast Co-op your local member-owned grocery co-op where everyone is welcome. Hi, Thomas here. You've been listening to our podcast for a while now, and maybe you're ready to take this commitment to the next level. Maybe you're ready to sign up for our cheese email list. Here's why I think you should. First of all, and this is like really kind of the best reason, when you sign up, we're going to give you a 50% off coupon for Cypress Grove Chev. Not like a little disc of it, the whole log, like a whole log of Cypress Grove Chev for 50% off. You can take it home and put Chev on like all kinds of things. It's great. Second of all, we're not going to spam your email address or sell your information. All we're going to do is every time we release an episode, we're going to send you a little email. It'll have a coupon in there. Maybe it'll have a little article in there about uh, something related to the episode or a fun topic. Cheese-related news, essentially. And you're already here listening to a dedicated cheese podcast put out by a local grocery co-op. So, like, we think you're the right audience for our cheese email list because it's a cheese email list put out by us. Sign up. Northcoast.coop slash cheese. Tell your friends. 
We're back. More We're about back. the cheese. I wonder you if people like- enjoy our commercial breaks. Because we don't get to hear them, and I'm always like, oh, I wonder, wonder what it's like this time. Sometimes I circle back and I listen to our episodes. I do too. We need more diversity in our commercial breaks. You know what? I That's think. true. That's my opinion. But... <laughs> Well, I'm just like, hey, we sell Dick Taylor chocolate here at the co-op, and it's freaking great. Uh, if you haven't tried it, local chocolate makers, they're fantastic. They actually make There's the a new commercial for you. They grind the beans. Yeah, like chocolate. they're making chocolate from scratch. I think they've got a roaster there, too, right? They're like roasting oh, they do it all. the bean. Yeah. yeah they're, and they just opened up a brand new. I heard their launch party was low-key really cool. Yeah, and it yeah. was so packed that there was like a line starting around yeah. the block. There was yeah. like a fire-breathing sculpture there and all kinds of oh, stuff. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I missed it, but I really wish I hadn't. It's quite now. the scene. I know. This is not a podcast about chocolate, even though... Cheese and chocolate can chocolate. go together. We have had them on. If you haven't... Go back and listen to we the interviewed. episode where we talked about chocolate yeah. and cheese pairing. Yeah. And that was, that was a really cool episode. That was a cool episode. Yeah. Okay. Oh, so irity. Yes. 5,000-year-old goodness. Yes. 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 Wonderful goodness. Buttery, tongue-coating lusciousness. You should mm. get some. I'm kind of hungry now. And I, I should say that you've got this cheese in Arcada right now, and you I can, don't have any on my shelf. You can get some in Eureka. You I was, I'm like... I should I can probably send you, get some before this comes out. I can send you a, I don't know. Okay, send me some a quarter, so I can have some here. A quarter of a wheel, which isn't that much. That'll, and then That'll you can, start us off. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Is this one of those like drug dealer situations where you're like, yeah, the first quarter's free. And then after that, like. No, no, no. You're going to pay right away. Okay. I'll transfer it. Fine. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll buy some cheese from you. <laughs> you guys get to hear our like. This is this is what Veronica and I do on a weekly basis, where we call each other and we're like, "Hey, I'm out of this. Like, can you send me some?" Like, yes, but you can you send me some of this? Well, I'll I'll send you this if you take some of that too. <laughs> yeah, that happens sometimes too. Where we're like, "I've got too much of this. Help me out, man." <laughs> Come on, please. <laughs> <laughs> I only meant to order two cases, and they sent me four. Yeah, yeah. That, during the pandemic. All kinds. This is this is way off topic, but we should have an episode about what it was like to be buying food for a grocery store during the pandemic, and how much it felt like trying to be like a merchant shipping goods across the South Atlantic with with pirates in like the seventeen and eighteen hundreds. Just like it felt so much like you were like, I'm ordering these things and they're not arriving. And then like random other stuff is arriving. And then I try to source the thing that I haven't been. I've tried four times from the same vendor to get it. And then I'm trying to source yeah. it from somewhere else or get something that and everyone's slot turnover in and, of employees across the whole food chain oh. meant that like you'd call up a contact you'd been doing business with for years. And it was like yeah. some guy named Jeff that you'd never heard of before. And then suddenly like every, everything was just different every day. Coming in on Tuesday, which is a day we receive a lot of product usually throughout the whole store and coming in and having, as you're clocking in, having somebody from the grocery department like, oh man, wait till you get in the back, crazy (laughs) stuff from the pallet and blah, 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 and things spilled and it fell over and there's broken eggs and like, 
And then you go, okay, I put my apron on. I'm like, I'm afraid to go back there and see what kind of wreckage. It was <laughs> crazy adventure on the high seas back then. And that needs to be its own episode. Cause like, We're I know you've got stories and I've got stories yeah. of like, some of them are just like the general, like who made this pallet? It, it was like, Someone it who's looks like never someone stacked a pallet was packing before. this pallet while being shelled by heavy artillery. Like <laughs> everything on this pallet is exploded and broken, except the things you'd expect to be broken, like because the eggs. they stacked the you know forty yeah. pound blocks of butter on top of all the eggs. That's and, just a case and then they of put like, the raw meat over yeah. the things that are supposed to be not have raw meat over them, <laughs> like ready to eat food and, and stuff. And then they stacked it way too tall. And so the whole pallet's leaning and it looks like yeah. it's going to crush someone, but it's all wrapped. So it's kind of holding it together. But I should say that this was due to, you know, people having to hire people and put them on the job without much training at all, because, you know, everything was an emergency during the pandemic. Yeah. And I should also say, you just mentioned the raw meat being stacked in the pallet over things that shouldn't have raw meat stacked in front of them. That is a real story. But I just want our our listeners to know, we caught that, we returned that product, we are all over that. Oh, yeah. Like, we are not messing around when it comes to food safety. I'm, I'm known for being extra nitpicky, and I'm kind of a pain yeah. in the ass, but I don't... And I know a lot of other department heads here are, too. Like, I just want to reassure our customers, like, yes, that does happen sometimes, and when that happens, we are sending that back for a full refund, and that never touches the shelves or sees customers. Mm-mm. It usually doesn't even come off the palate. Yeah, no, that's that's an immediate return to sender. Like, you guys, sorry, but do better. Yeah, you yeah. can't have raw broken eggs. No. And chicken juice. <laughs> Dribbling on whatever was down below those things. Yeah, and that's not, a, that's one of those things where, yeah, it's just like, we're not messing around with that. No, no. Okay, so on to... Fun. I'll, I'll cheese, claim responsibility for that huge digression. I was like, <laughs> we should have a podcast about that. And then we just like went and recorded an entire podcast it. about that. Yes. Maybe like future editor can like just chop that out and make it its own thing. Yeah. Yeah. I love making up tasks for our future editor to do. I'm sure they appreciate that. Yeah. You can just edit this, right? We yeah, just make a whole fine. big mess and you edit through and find the little gems in there. Right. And edit out all the curse words. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Back to Oso Irriti. Back to the Pyrenees. Beautiful <sighs> beech trees blowing in the wind. Yes. Valleys and valleys. Trees and grass and sheep. Beautiful, Beautiful sheep. brown, creamy sheep, you said? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's Which, what I said. I love that description. <laughs> so this cheese has a long, long, long history. Mm -hmm. And it did finally get protected designation, orig origin designation um, at the European level in 1996. Which, that was a while ago, but when you think of the long history of the cheese, you're like, wow, it's been a long time yeah. not... That's like, oh, we'd better do this before we hit 5,000 years. Like Finally. It seems like a good time to do it. If they've been making the same cheese in the same place for 5,000 years, like, I guess we'll give it its protected status. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and the... The protected status. We've talked about that before. That's like AOP, AOC, DOP. There's a lot of those yeah. protected designations of origin. Yeah, it has uh, got its AOC. That's the, the French controlled designation of origin. Okay. 
1980. Oh, in 1980, and was granted PDO, protected designation of origin, in the European level in 1996. Okay. There's a whole episode on that that we did. You can go back and hear about the like Byzantine overlapping of European G's laws and how oh. they affect like international marketing. Right. And they have a whole army of lawyers. Yeah. It's very much help. related to the like Reggiano Parmigiano is only made in this specific region and it's hyper controlled. And if you infringe on their copyright, they will send lawyers after you. And like, I, this is a rumor. I am making this up on the spot. Please, Parmesan Consortium, do not come after me for saying this. But I have to believe that they employ like the mafia, like hitmen too. Like, <laughs> like they have the power to just like take your business off the map. It'll be like you weren't there anymore. And of course, they're not going to mention that. Part. No, 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 they don't mention that in their marketing. But like, if you. If you read about any of these legal struggles they're involved in, they come in heavy. They come in, they're not messing around. They're basically like the Disney of of cheese copyright infringement. They're oh, like wow. they're coming yeah. after you yeah. with immediate aggression. Don't, which, you don't know fake what? the Parmesan. You that has its benefits because for all of you at home, when you buy Reggiano Parmigiano Reggiano, you know it's the real thing. Or you know that the counterfeiters are risking everything right, to bring that to you. <laughs> but yeah, uh, yeah now well, let's not make cheese counterfeiters sound like the underdogs. Parmigiano Reggiano has a, a long and storied history, much like Oso Arati. Yeah. Not quite as long. Not quite as long. Okay. Let's, Is there so anything it, that's quite as long? I don't know. I, I don't haven't know. heard of an older cheese. Oh, Pecorino Romano is pretty old. Yeah. But yeah. I have this cheese at the Arcata location. Fantastic. Thomas might I have will a little have bit, it in the Arc so. or Eureka location. But if you hear this episode and you're interested, if you poke at Thomas and say, hey, wish That's you had true. this cheese in, he'd be much more inclined. I'm not sure when this is coming out, but I will say I'm going to carry this seasonally and see how it does because I've had it before and it sold real well over the holidays and Christmas and then like tapers off new year's happens and, and everyone, everyone goes on a like, diet oh i'm gonna <laughs> stop eating cheese i'm gonna eat only like kale for the next few months or however long their new year's resolution lasts that usually only lasts a couple weeks and then they're back on the cheese pretty quick and you know what let's just for all you people who are looking <laughs> for a new year's resolution i'm just throwing out there cheese is pretty keto friendly like if you're looking for a fad diet for it new goes year's, great for with couple, walks too I have First to say, day. if you're going to oh, go on a hike for health, walks. Yeah. You, can, you can reward yourself with some cheese. That is a wonderful cheese for getting outside and having on a nice piece of baguette. Get yourself some nice charcuterie for that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I wanted to circle back. You, you mentioned at the beginning that this is in the Basque Pyrenees mm-hmm. and Oso Irite is a name that casual observers might notice doesn't sound particularly Spanish. Because I'm pretty sure that name is is named in the Basque dialect from the Pyrenees. I think so. And this, yeah. if, if you're listening at home and you haven't learned much about the, the Basque Pyrenees or that region and the Basque people that live there, it is, they, they have a fascinating history. If you look at a language chart of Europe, Almost every language in Europe, you can see like, oh, okay, it's connected. Like, these are the Romance languages. These are the Germanic languages. And this tree is like, you can see it flowing. And linguists have decided like, oh, like, we can chart where all these languages came from. Except for Basque. They've been there so long and retained their culture for so long that 
linguists, and this may be outdated information now, but when I was in college 10 years ago, they had no idea what it was related to. They didn't, they were like, this language, we don't know where it came from. It is on its own and completely unique as far as we can tell. It dates back to the same age as this cheese. Basically, maybe. yeah. I was going to say, this cheese is 5,000 years old. And that, that's, I don't, I can't think of anything more quintessentially Basque than like, no, the cheese we've been making, we're hanging on to, we're hanging on to our heritage. The language is the same. I'm sure they've borrowed a few words from neighboring languages, but the the root structure of their language is entirely unique and absolutely gorgeous. If you can find a video of native Basque speakers, oh. I guarantee you will. I mean, I, I can't guarantee this. If you're a nerd like me, you will deeply enjoy uh, listening to the spoken language. Well, now I want to go hear some. It's one of those things that like I, I grew up in Oregon for a lot of my childhood and, and there was a, a a large Basque migrant population to the Pacific Northwest. Oh, a lot of people may not know that. I mean, also other regions of the U S but we had a little museum about the Basque immigrants. And there was also a caterer who did traditional Basque cuisine. And I just have to say it's great food. It's absolutely amazing food. And this cheese shows that it's simple, but perfect. And it goes well, this this cheese goes with lots of yummy things you yeah. might already have or you'd lean towards anyway if you were going to make a cheese plate or you just want to make yourself some very nice nibbles yeah. to take on your picnic or have a night before dinner or whatever. Yeah, prosciutto, figs. Prosciutto, figs. Delicious, crusty uh, bread. Black cherry jam, blackberry jam, yeah, sausages. A honey on there. You can, a little, you can a dress honey, it up yeah. as much as you want. I'd say like it belongs or not on the fanciest cheese board, but it also belongs like literally wrapped in a handkerchief in your pocket with an apple while you're hiking up to the top of Strawberry Rock. Like, Absolutely, that sounds like a perfect day. And while you're trespassing up to Strawberry Rock, yes. Oh, sorry, I should have picked somewhere else. Don't trespass to Strawberry Rock, folks. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, everybody goes up there, but yeah. yeah I mean, <sighs> if you are trespassing and the landowner confronts you, offer them a piece of this cheese and maybe they will let you pass. I think that landowner is Green Diamond. So. Oh, they don't do a lot of confronting. No. Maybe, okay. we, should, maybe we shouldn't say that. Skip that I part. mean, sorry. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you should. You know what? Scratch that. Go to Wedding Rock instead. Support your. Uh, your local. Local. State parks. State parks. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. that's that's a fantastic place to go. Yeah. Patrick's point. Enjoy it. Oh. Uh, Have a piece of cheese there. Don't yeah. feed the wildlife. Yeah. Please don't feed the wildlife. Uh, no trespassing. Okay. <laughs> we should probably go before we say something we're not supposed I to. I want to plug one more cheese. Oh, okay. We have a cheese in the case. I had a little bit last year and I brought some back. It's called Soto Cenere. It's Italian uh -huh. truffle cheese that is coated in ash, which actually Soto Cenere means under ash. And it's a very yummy cheese, although some people might not find the ash coating on the cheese super desirable. But I will say, <laughs> I had it last year. You brought it in and you sent me some, and I tried to like it. The textural component of the ash 
it just kind of feels like you're in a black and white documentary about the Great Depression while eating truffles somehow. It's like it's a very unusual experience. The ash in your mouth is like, you know, that's like a saying like, oh, you know, like my victory turned to ash in my mouth. No. That, that's a saying. People historically haven't liked ash in their mouth. But I, I, okay, I, I digress. We disagree a, on this cheese. It's a delicious cheese, and the the ash might get in in the way a little bit because it's hard to cut the cheese without then getting like a little bit of the ash across the yeah. paste of the cheese as you're cutting it. It's like a metaphor for life, though. Like every to piece think gets of it, a little think bit of it like a cheese you unearthed from the ashes of Pompeii. Like yes, not around the people. <laughs> that. No, <laughs> I'm so glad you just said that. No, it is exactly like a cheese you would find in Pompeii with all of the human suffering and sadness that that entails. No, no, no. no. Coating cheese in ash does have does have some uh, historic significance. Uh, yes, it, and it, it actually it, it's a produces way to, a really great flavor. I it's will a say. way to protect the cheese and it, it, that you're ash, aging. It helps seal in Cypress the flavor. Cypress Grove uses and the vegetable truffle. ash yeah. in their cheese to great effect. Yes. It has that pH that encourages that flavor that you this just is, can't get this otherwise. This is different ash, though. This is different ash. It's a little this bit ash gritty. is much more gritty and like cement like. <laughs> Don't listen to Thomas's descriptions. I'm sorry. <laughs> I am so sorry. Cheese. I'm, I, see, okay. I, maybe I'm just trying to tank your sales because this is just a huge competition <laughs> between our two stores. No, we have fun here. And, yeah. and not every cheese is for me. And a lot of people. I think I think that cheese would have broad appeal, especially because being buried in the ash does give that aging environment that produces that flavor. It that I seals think in it the, works truffle the truffle flavor really well. Yeah, yeah, that that plays really nicely together. It's just the little bits of ash that crunch every once in a while. That, to me, in my personal opinion, and I'm I'm just gonna throw this like kidney shot in there before we go. It kind of feels like when you get a little bit of eggshell in your scrambled eggs oh, and you're not expecting it. No, no, no. It's better than that. This it's is less from crunchy Venice, than that. Italy. It's yeah. lovely. It's not from Pompeii. <laughs> it's from Venice, Italy, not from Pompeii. Venice, Italy, which is yes. famous for the ennui of slowly sinking into yes. the sea. Pasteurized cow's milk. I'm so sorry. I'll let you have the last word on your Soto scenario because oh, oh, I'm, I'm being mean about it. It's so good. I, I have some in the case right now. Come and try it. Yeah, it's truffle. It's cow's milk cheese. It's from Venice, Italy. It's yummy. It's very snackable. And it melts nicely, too. I didn't try melting it, in fairness. All right. Uh, we'll let the folks decide, and uh, if you try it, leave us a comment. Let us know what you thought. Be adventurous. I think our listeners are all about being adventurous. Yes. And thank you for listening to this episode. This has been a fantastic, fantastic disagreement of great cheese minds. <laughs> the debate, I think, was was highly intellectual. Oh, right. And uh, <laughs> I'll say... Uh, if you're interested in any of the cheeses we talked about today, also Arate, Soto Sonere, you can get that one in Arcada. I, I won't be bringing that into Eureka unless asked. I'll do it for a customer, but but I won't like it. Oh. No. Uh, <laughs> you, please come by uh, either of our two cheese departments located at 811 I Street in Arcada or 25 4th Street in Eureka. Also, please follow North Coast Co-op on Facebook, Instagram, 
or visit us at northcoast.coop. We're all over the place online. And honestly, that's a good place to hear about sales that are going on, specials we got. If you want to see what's what's up, you know, if our marketing department's heading out doing cool things, things happen in the community, or if you just want to see pictures of our employees being great at their jobs, hit us up on social media. If you would like more cheese content like this, more disagreeing with great minds, fun words that are hard to say like... Soto Cenere. Soto Cenere. Soto Cenere. You've got the good Italian accent. You can join our cheese email list. You can do that at northcoast.coop slash cheese. It's got some pretty good content. Honestly, we're giving away the good coupons still. I'm like, we don't know what the coupon's going to be yet for this podcast. But if you're new and you sign up for our cheese email list as a brand new member, there's a little bonus coupon for you. So please do that. We're not going to spam you with lots of emails that you don't want. We don't send one out that often. Honestly, Veronica was just telling me the other day that we should probably send them out more often, if anything else, because yes. we haven't done one in a little while. So, yes. uh, yeah, there will always be cheese-related. They will always be fun. And we will always try to bring good value to you because you're our cheese family and we love you. All right. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.